I'm Pastor Larry. I've been here now for just a couple of months. I'm still getting to know people. Uh, so if you're here today to hear Pastor Ray, I hope you'll come back because he's not here today. He and his wife, Sarah, are away this week on a vacation, spending a week together and just refreshing. And we're praying for them as they travel. But I have the honor to preach this morning. I appreciate him uh, trusting me with that opportunity here today. You know, one of the great things about being able to come together to worship is to be able to talk about who God really is and how God really works and all the things that he is doing in our midst. And I think that is key for us to understand that he indeed is the one living and true God. And we're going to talk about that today. We're going to pick up in Genesis 41. So if you have your Bible with you or your iPad or your iPhone, there's a Bible in the seat back in front of you. We're in being Genesis chapter 41. We're continuing to talk about Joseph and Joseph's life and who he is and understanding that, that you're going to make it as we walk through all the things of life just as Joseph was doing. And we're going to learn some things about that today on how we live that out in our lives. You know, one of the things about uh, being able to go somewhere is to be able to have a guide to get there. We were coming back from taking care of our grandkids this week. We have three of them and we had been in Virginia and we were really making great time. Matter of fact, Elizabeth said, man, we've really made great time. And then we came to Lexington, Kentucky and it just, we got past Lexington and the road the traffic was just stopped. It's like, oh, what are they doing? So she pulled up this app that we got on the phone called Waze. I don't know if you know that app or not, but it's just a, it shows you all these different ways around the traffic. And sure enough, it showed us the way around the traffic, yet we had just passed the exit. You ever been in that place where we just got all of that exit, we could have gone around this stuff. Well, we didn't make it, and it took us like two and a half hours to get from where we were on into little, it was, it was awful traffic. And what I did through that time was think about Pastor Ray's sermon last week on patience as he was dealing with Joseph, and he was dealing with chapter 41, and he was helping us to understand patience. I thought, man, I, I'm hearing that. I'm living that out today. Well, I want to take us back to uh, chapter 41 of Genesis, first book of the Bible, where we're learning some things about God, about who he is, about some things that he is going to be just teaching us all through God's word. And he gives us some fundamentals of that here in the first book of the Bible, but really also in all the stories that he helps us to understand the history that he gives us. As we talk about this one true and living God, one of the key verses that I want us to focus on this morning, and really the focus of the message today, is how God works in a way to help us to know that we are led by the Spirit. The Spirit is going to be the key to what we're talking about, and it was in Joseph's life. So if you have your Bible open to Genesis 41, I want to point you to verse 37 to start with. We'll look at some different passages as we go along. But in this first passage that we look at, it's this whole idea, if you remember the, the dreams that Pharaoh had, right? Moses, uh, the dreams that Pharaoh had, and, and Joseph is going to be able to interpret those dreams. He's already dealt with dreams. Dreams are a big part of Joseph's life. You remember those early dreams that he had himself, that he said that his Family's going to bow down to him. Matter of fact, that's why he ended up in the pit, right? Because he had these dreams and interpreted those dreams. His brothers didn't like that at all. His father didn't like that at all. And then we have the dreams, two sets of dreams. It's in two sets, by the way. It's the ones that he had. And then in the prison where he was with the baker and the butler and the dreams they had and how he interpreted those dreams. And in the middle of that, uh, he was still in prison. The Bible teaches us that when Joseph got to Egypt, he was 17 years old, and it tells us over in 41 verse 
46 that he was 30 years old when he entered the service of Pharaoh. So there had been 13 years in Joseph's life, and he had grown a lot in those 13 years. A portion of those 13 years, he had been in prison, right? He had been in jail, but those dreams. And then, and then Pharaoh has his dream that no one can answer. No one can give him a word about those. And then remember the guy remembers, oh yeah, two years ago when I was in prison, there was this guy who who interpreted our dreams, and sure enough, they brought Joseph, and Joseph comes in, and then this verse where he gets to in verse 38, he says to Pharaoh, after he has talked about all these dreams, Pharaoh then says, can we find anyone like this man, a man who has God's spirit in him? Now, this is a very, very important verse and, and it really becomes very important to this whole understanding of who God is. Because if you have your listening guide in front of you, we're going to walk through that because it just teaches us through this passage what it means to say, who is this person? Who is this one that's recognized as being led by God's spirit? Now, a question that comes out of that is in our relationships and the people that we're around, school, work, neighborhood, family, friends, do they perceive that our lives are lives that are being led by God's Spirit. Now that that becomes an easy question that we get to ask. Do the lives we live and where we go and the influence we have, do people look at us and say, oh yeah, that person is led by God's Spirit. Now we're in a, a kind of a new different age in our culture and as believers, as Christ's followers, we have to get to the place where our worldview, the things we think about, the things we live out, is going to be based in God's Word. That's the only place we're going to be able to live out our life in this post-Christian America is being able to stand on God's Word. We'll come back to that in just a little bit. But here in this passage, he says very clearly that where are we going to find a guy, there's anybody like this who has God's Spirit in him. So the first thing we want to see this morning is that when we are led by the Spirit, God reveals himself. And that's very important for us. It is not about God revealing what we do or who we are or anything like that. It's about God revealing who he is. And when God begins to reveal who he is, the Bible teaches us as Jesus, we understand when he is high and lifted up, he will draw people to himself. Why? Because God is revealing himself. And so in this passage, we begin to understand that God begins to reveal who he is. Matter of fact, if you back up a couple of verses, let's go back to 41, 16, Joseph said to Pharaoh, it is God who will give a favorable answer. And then in chapter 41, verse 32, Joseph says, since the dream was given twice to Pharaoh, it means that the matter has been determined by God and he will carry it out soon. Now, these are important verses. Why? Because Pharaoh thought he was God. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's the Egyptian culture. That's the historical context, right? He thought he was God. He thought that he was the supreme leader of all the known world. That's how he viewed himself. And all of a sudden, here, Joseph says, no, there is one who is greater than you. And then when you get to verse 38, when Pharaoh makes this statement about Joseph. Can we find anyone like this man who has God's spirit in him? It's almost as if Pharaoh begins to recognize there is, there is somebody greater than me. There is somebody more powerful than me. 
There's somebody that has more that's going to be over everything I do. Now, now we never really see Pharaoh make any kind of life transformation moment or anything like that. Don't get that idea. But inside this, what we find is Joseph being led by God's Spirit to be able to say, what we're doing here is revealing who God is. How does Joseph do that? Then begins the question. How does Joseph get to that place where God's spirit is revealed through what he does? Well, I think there are three ways. I'm sure there are more than that, but at least three. And those are in your listening guide. First of all, it is understanding that he reveals God by his character. Now, character is one of those words that we see and understand that's so important for us. It's how we live out our lives. And as believers in Christ who live out a Christian worldview, that's what we're supposed to do, our character is of an utmost importance. I mean, it, it is so important of how we live out in honesty and integrity and, and truthfulness. All those things that you think about a person of character must be in our lives. We don't have the option of living a life with bad character if we are being led by the Spirit. It has to come out. That's just a normal process. It's a normal thing that comes out of us. Jesus said it's not what goes into a person that defiles them. It's what comes out of them. What comes out of us is our character. And we see that in Joseph's life. Joseph has been faithful. We see that when he was in the prison, he was faithful to the task. He was faithful to the work. He did what he was supposed to do. He was honest. He, was, he had great integrity. And when they were always putting him in charge of things, right? His character came to the top. The second thing I want us to see is not just his character, but his courage. That he it reveals who God is. Now, get that. Can you imagine? He is talking to Pharaoh, the, the most, the highest supreme being of the land. And he says to Pharaoh, that there's one who is greater than you. There's one who is the true and living God. Now, you know as well as I do that Pharaoh could have said, he's done, he's gone, he's out of here, right? It is over. His life is finished because he has just put somebody as more important to me. Pharaoh doesn't do that, just the opposite happens. I believe in our culture today, it's going to call for us as believers, us as Christians who are followers of Christ, to step up to a new level of courage. We're going to have to step into what some people would say to us, this post-Christian world where they don't believe and don't have some standards the same as we do because we base our life on the Bible. And if we're going to base our life on the, an inerrant, infallible word of God, it has to be the standard to how we live. That's going to take courage. It's going to take courage to give people God's word when it might not sound like what they want to hear. People today, they are so interested in having peace or they're so interested in having education or they're so interested in having social justice, they miss what they need the most, which is Jesus. And we have that as a church, but we have to have the courage to stand up for that, to talk about that. Then it comes from us. Now, the third thing, not only character and courage, but also in Joseph's life, there had been consistency. And man, that's so hard. To be consistent to live out our character, to be consistent to live out the courage that we have in Christ, that is so difficult. This past week, as I said, we were taking care of our granddaughters. We have a granddaughter that's almost five and one that's almost three. And you know, we were just with them for like four days. And they pretty much get away with anything with us, right? I mean, whatever. And, and you know, like their mom, our daughter said, 
you'd have never let me do that. And she's right, we'd have never let her do that. And so the consistency of a parent shifts a little bit with the consistency of a grandparent. But as parents, the consistency of building into our families, the consistency of reading God's word, the consistency of being gathered in worship, all those do make a difference on how God is revealed to people around us. That makes the difference. Well, let's move on through this passage. The second thing that we see is not just God's revelation of himself, but the fact that when we are led by the Spirit, God becomes our rescuer. Our rescuer. And that is so vital, this passage. That is so important for us to understand as we look through this. As we begin to understand in verse 32, the dreams that were take, given to, to Pharaoh, it means that the matter has been determined by God and he will carry it out. That whole idea of him being our rescuer, what he is doing. And I've listed in our notes today that there are three things that happen as, he, as we understand him as our rescuer. First of all, we understand the purpose. That the purpose is the reason and sometimes that's the greatest thing we ask when something goes crazy on us, right? When life falls apart on us, we, we ask, why did this happen? There's always that question that seems to come of the reason behind this. But in this story, in, in, in chapter 41, we get a clear understanding that God is so in control, that God has already determined, and that's what Joseph says here, that God has determined, Pharaoh, what's going to happen. God's purpose is oftentimes not about us. It's about him revealing himself as your rescuer. And that's what he has to do. Now, you read this passage, and, and if you have your Bible there, I want to I read a little bit more of it. And if we look past chapter 41, verse 38 and 39, it says in verse 39, Pharaoh said to Joseph, since God has made all this known to you, there is no one discerning and wise as you are. Okay? So he tells him, Joseph, you're at the top, man. You're at the top of your game. Can you imagine? I mean, here's a guy who just a few hours ago was in prison, and now he's like being told by Pharaoh, there's no one wiser than you. So he goes on to say in verse 40, you will be over my house and all my people will obey your commands. Only I as king will be greater than you, Joseph. Pharaoh also said to Joseph, See, I am placing you over all the land of Egypt. Pharaoh removed his signet ring from his hand, put it on Joseph's hand, clothed him with fine garments, placed a gold chain around his neck. He had Joseph ride in his second chariot. And the service called out to him, Make way, and your translation may say, Bow the knee. So he placed him over the land of Egypt. Pharaoh said to Joseph, I am Pharaoh. And no one will be able to raise a hand or a foot in all the land of Egypt without your permission. Oh, man, he's arrived, right? I mean, isn't that great? I mean, here he is in the pit, in prison, and now he is second in command. That's what everybody would want. Power, wealth, everything you need. You get, you get the, the finest chariot, the number to spot, no decisions made without you. Talk about power and, and, and strength. He had everything he wanted inside that. Now, as I said, purpose is about reason. Plan, which is the second blank there, plan is about the rescue, is about how it happens. Purpose is about reason. Plan is about process. 
And here it seems like Joseph had gone through all this trouble, all this problem, all these issues, and now he had arrived. And sometimes we might say, man, if we just, if we just go through all these problems at some point, we will get everything we want. Now, there's a problem with this in this passage. Joseph understood himself as a child of the covenant of God. To get to this place where he was second in command to a pagan leader went against everything that he had been taught in his 17 years of life with his family. To be in a place where he was having to give leadership or fall under leadership to a pagan god like Pharaoh changed everything that he had ever thought about a covenant relationship with God. So even though in the moment here we may think, man, Joseph has arrived, Joseph got everything he wanted, I would suggest to you maybe he did not. Maybe, maybe it wasn't as arrived as we think he was. Because, you know, that's what we want for our kids, right? For them to be wealthy and have everything they want and live where they want to be and do what they want to do and just have it all. But we don't want that for them if they're away from God's covenant. We don't want that for them if they're far from God. And sometimes people will say, man, he's got such a great job. He makes so much money. I just wish he would be back in church. So we, we help our kids sometimes. We help our families to think, man, you arrive if you get to this place of wealth and power. But that wasn't true for Joseph. Because in that place of wealth and power, he had lost the connection with the covenant God that he knew about. Now, how do we know that wasn't such a great place for Joseph? Well, if you go further over in the text, he tells us that. Because he tells us over in chapter 50, I'm, I'm sorry, not chapter 50, verse 50, that he has two sons. Now, I didn't go on to say that Joseph was not only given wealth and power and clothing and chariot, he was given his wife, probably the most beautiful woman in all of Egypt. She was the daughter, by fact, it tells us, of a priest. So not only was he given all this wealth and all the things going on with it, he, the priests, the, the Egyptian gods were now brought into his house. Everything that he would have been opposed to with his family was in his house. And this bride of his bears him two children in seven years, that first seven years when everything was plentiful, he has two children, and he names them. He names them Manassas and Ephraim. And the interesting thing, the first thing we notice is that those are not Egyptian names. Those are Hebrew names. You see, Joseph has not forgotten his roots. He has not forgotten his covenant Lord. He has not forgotten who he was in his identity as a Hebrew. He, basically what he is saying here, I have all this stuff as an Egyptian, but that's not who I am. And we've got to be really careful because we can get caught up in all the stuff of the things that we have around us, but that's not who we are. We are identified as a child of God. We are identified as one being led by the Spirit of God who is residing in us. And so Joseph says, my first child, Manasseh, God has made me forget all the hardships of my whole family. You got to be careful with that translation. He's not saying that he has forgotten it. What he is saying is that he's let go of it. He has been under such turmoil, and we know the end result of that, because when his brothers show up, they think he's going to kill them. And he says, no, 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 this wasn't about you. It's about what God was doing to rescue us. So he has let go of that anger and hurt and guilt and bitterness that he had for his brother. And he does that by naming his son 
and saying that, that this is where I am. The second son named Ephraim says, God has made me fruitful in the land of what? My affliction. Joseph seemed to have everything he wants, but not in that covenant relationship. He's looking for the power that comes in that relationship. So God gives him the purpose. God gives him the plan, but the power comes from God himself to do the rescuing. In your notes today, you, you see several different things that God's power comes out of. It comes out of our, it comes out of our Bible reading. It comes out of putting God's word into our life. That power comes out of our prayer when we're speaking to God and listening to God. That, prayer, that power comes out of, of godly wisdom that we get from other people. And, and that's a real key here. When, you, when you're looking for wisdom, don't ask ungodly people for godly wisdom. They can't give you godly wisdom. The Bible is God's word. God's spirit gives us wisdom. Godly people give us godly wisdom. We walk daily in his guidance, work walking with him, and we become obedient to what he wants us to do. That's how we get the power of the spirit in our lives. And that's how he rescues us. Because that's what he's about. He's about revealing God, and he's about rescuing his people, us as followers, us who proclaim that we belong to Christ, that that's who we are. And so we begin to see that in this passage in such a great way. His plan to rescue his people becomes so important. And then the last thing that I want us to see today is that when we are led by the Spirit, God provides the Redeemer, the Redeemer. In this passage, obviously, it's Joseph. Joseph is going to be the one that God has placed for purpose, and God has built a plan, and God is going to give him the power to be the redeemer of his people, Israel, when they come and they need food and they need to be able to live, to sustain through life so they don't go away. God is working inside that. He provides the redeemer, the one who is going to rescue them, the one who is going to reveal all the things about God, and Joseph is that one. We, we find that in the very last verse of chapter 41. He says, every land came to Joseph. Not to Egypt. Every land came to Joseph. They were coming to him because he was the one who was providing for them what they needed. Think about the book of Revelation in the New Testament. Every knee going to bow. Every tribe. Every nation. Every tongue. Where are they coming to? They're coming to Jesus. He is the one who redeems. So here's what chapter 41 helps us to understand. It helps us to understand that when we as believers are led by the Spirit, we are led by the Spirit in such a way that our character and the things about our character, as well as the consistency of our life that comes out of our courage, becomes very front and center. And when that does, we begin to realize that we have no rescuer at all other than Jesus, who died on the cross who bore our sins, who paid our penalty of death, and who rose from the dead. He is the one who rescues us. And God, in all the things that go on around us, even though we sometimes worry about the reasons, God has purpose, and God has plan for his people. And his people have the power by God's Spirit in us to live that out. Why? So that as we do, we point to the Redeemer, Christ, who gave his life so that I might live, who died on the cross so that my neighbors and my families 
might hear that they too can have life. Because he just doesn't rescue me, he rescues me so that I might in turn share, share the good news. Just like Joseph was able to be in that place where God allowed him to provide that redeeming relationship for all of Israel and all through history. I mean, it continues to go. Why? Because God reveals himself, God rescues his people, and God redeems you. And that really becomes the question. Have you been redeemed? Do you know that, that you're living out your personal life in Christ? And if your answer is yes to that, then how do you live in a way that you're being led by the Spirit? So that when Pharaoh said to the people in verse 38, can we find anyone like this, a man who has God's Spirit in him? Will your friends, will your neighbors, will your co-workers, will they look at you and say, man, this guy, this lady, this student, they have God's spirit. I want to know their redeemer.